Look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. Five minutes past 2 p.m. Central Daylight Time, according to the Tower of the Friendly Mercantile, which will be heard from again later on in the presentation today. Oh, it is Monday, the 28th of August, and this, with your tuner set squarely on 97.1, the freak is the speakeasy. Mm. Warmest greetings to each and every one of you. I would be Mike Reiner, and I'm in here with my little buddies. Jeff Cavanaugh is here. Julie Dobbs is here. Over at the helm, we have Shoopy. So we are all here. We are locked in, loaded. We are aerodynamic. We are ready to roll, and we are prepped to edify you for the next four hours until the witching hour of 6 p.m. tonight. The witching hour. When wins become losses and losses become wins. That's right. Did you know that? That's what they say on NFL Red Zone. Mm-mm. Yep, that's the witching hour. I have a question I want people to text in about at 214-787-1971. Came up before the show. <laughs> Mike Reiner sneezed twice. Mm-hmm. You had two sneezies. Mm-hmm. And you claim to be a man who can go on a run of nine or ten. I, I have. I've been known to do it. And you thought you might have a third on the way, but it never showed up. Never materialized. It still hasn't. Can we confirm that? Yes. Okay. In fact, it's gone now. Really? It's gone to, it's gone wherever sneezes go to die. Sneeze heaven or where, whatever. And that's the question. <laughs> this is kind of a Julie question, but she doesn't want to ask it. So I will to the audience. If you think uh-huh. you have a sneeze, uh-huh. but it never materializes and it just goes back where it came from. Does that mean you'll fart it later? Yeah. That's a good question, and I've never really thought about that. Yeah. I don't think it does, yet I've never really looked into the possibility of there being some sort of connection between the sneeze and the fart. Yeah. You've never done simultaneous, like uh, what's-her-name did on her show? Uh oh! Or was it a burp Wendy fart? Williams. Yeah. <laughs> Wendy, Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams had a burp fart. Yeah. Oh, she did. She did. Okay, we're she gonna had a burp oh, fart. Did she ever? If you haven't heard this, we're gonna have to find it. I hadn't heard it until Kevin and Jeff introduced me to the burp fart. It's bad, but yeah, it was basically the thought that you're about to sneeze. You feel the about to sneeze. So there's something yes that needs to emerge from your body, right? And then all of a sudden, it's stifled one way or another. Or it just decides not to emerge, but it's still there. It's still a little something, something going on on your inside. And so then does it become a bubble of air that then travels around your body? And there's really one other place where it can come out. (laughs) Like it's not going to come out of your hand or your foot or 
Or your ear even. I don't know. It might be possible, possible, I think, that actually what was going on there is she had two things happening simultaneously. She mm-hmm. had the sneeze or is it a sneeze or a burp that she did? It's, it's a burp. It's a okay. burp fart. Yeah, it's a burp. Okay, too. she might have had a burp happening uh-huh. and simultaneously there was a fart welling up down there and maybe she didn't recognize that yes. yet or realize that. Yeah. They just, you know, and she probably got five new boyfriends. We haven't caught anybody coming out of the house yet, but you know, out of time. She's not lonely. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get out of here! That was a burp fart. <laughs> wow. Like both are so pronounced. She's too. very. She's the very fair woman who can, or the very rare woman who can fart. Rare and fair, <laughs> if you prefer that type of thing. Most of the ones I know can't. Yeah, do anything with that whole region. No, no, no. That's it. Just sits there. Yeah, it's strictly an erotic portal down there. If you want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really good two-word combo, erotic portal. <laughs> if you want it to be. If you want, yeah. if you want it to be, you know, that's what uh, that's what you're into, and everybody's game to go along with it. Cool. <laughs> oh, Mike Reiner, you're the best. <laughs> well, everybody have a good I'm day. Say I'm up to a rocking start. <laughs> Our work here is done. We're going to take off now. (laughs) Catch you guys around the way. Yes. Coming up next, more erotic portal talk. (laughs) Stay tuned for the news junkies. (laughs) Yeah. Remember. Hit them up with with some erotic portal talk. I bet they're no strangers to it. (laughs) Julie's sports desk coming up at 2.30. We're going to go ahead and stick around, actually. Okay. We're going to go ahead and stick around. We're going to do the show. Yeah. Okay. Uh, The Cowboys traded for a quarterback. The Rangers suck at baseball. Mm-hmm. And that's all coming up there. Um, Dude, those mm, are like mm, two mm, pretty big, girthy things. They the Rangers are. Rangers sucking at baseball and the Cowboys trading for a quarterback. Yeah, those will be interspersed throughout the broadcast if you're interested okay. in those things. We'll hit both of them a little bit at 2.30. 3 o'clock will involve the Trey Lance trade, and 4 o'clock will be the girthy version. And 5.30 will be the girthy version of our Rangers mm-hmm. who are broken and they're not the first place Texas Rangers. Did you guys know that? I just kind of feel like crying, Jeff. We're not in first place anymore. Nor will we ever be again. Don't say that. This year. Oh. Next year will be a good year for the Rangers. I thought we were going to get to first place and stay there forever. Yeah. I was faced with a very, very grim reality slash possibility. Yesterday, oh no! Uh-oh. For the first time, was it an erotic portal? <laughs> no, no, it is no. It was not an erotic portal. <laughs> More of a Rangers thing. More a Rangers thing. Yeah. Okay. And while I'm sure that erotic portals are no strangers to them, this is this is not what happened. But um, I'll tell you what that was. What that grim. Reality, that awful prospect was mm-hmm. when the time comes. Okay, that's a good tease. Deal. Groovies? What's on Mike's mind? What's on Mike's mind today? You know what's on his mind. What on earth will Mike have to 
Thank you, DFW Security. Yes, thank you, DFW Security, for allowing yourselves to be leveraged during this segment. Last night, I did what we all said we were going to do, but the enthusiasm for this from (laughs) my colleagues in here seems to have waned a good bit. It definitely waned. Yes. But um, It's a good way to to describe that whole situation. It waned all the way to where, let me know when it hits some sort of streaming. Right. (laughs) Well, I bit down, swallowed hard, and went to see... Oppenheimer. Mm. I got the first two sounds. I don't know what that's like. <clears throat> I don't know the third one, though. Wee! Action. Yeah. <laughs> Action. <laughs> Action. <laughs> well. Okay. Then what? Um, Is that the story here? Is that Oppenheimer exists? Don't hawk him. Yeah. <laughs> Oppenheimer does exist. <laughs> exists in all kinds of ways. On film, he's probably dead in reality once upon a time, but he's dead, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just about Rest every, in peace. Just about everybody you see in this film is. Oh, that's kind of sad. Yeah, sad. it is. But um, this was one of the summer blockbusters, and we were all excited. We were all going to go see it, and um, like I say. That never really came about, but I've always been curious about the, or I was still curious about that film mm-hmm. because I don't know how much of the story of Oppenheimer and that whole time you guys got in school. Zero. Really? I'd never, unless I just am bad at retaining, which I am, I'd never heard his name before I heard of the movie. That ever come up in history classes for you, Jules? Not that I recalled. Yeah. Mm-mm. It didn't for me either, but I think that was more of a product of of them choosing to make us spend six weeks on the cotton gin. <laughs> yeah. Because they were absolutely certain that we had no brighter prospect ahead of us than <laughs> working in some sort of uh, rural yeah. type farm situation that we were all going to wind up farmers. Look, the odds were such. the odds of you being a farmer versus a guy who builds and designs nuclear weapons. It's just an odds game. We want to prepare you guys for what's more likely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And if you haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, and you are contemplating it, let me give you a little scouting report. Uh Okay. Number one, it is lengthy. Mm. This is three hours. That's why I haven't seen it. It is a real investment. It is a real commitment. And if you are not extremely curious about this story or interested on some level in this story, then it's probably not for you. Because really, all this is, for the most part, and and I mean, like, for the way most part, is a bunch of people sitting around talking. There's very little action. There are no car chases or no shoot-em-ups or anything like that in this thing. What about fireworks? 
Um, you see a couple going off, a couple of tests. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know? But that's really about all it is. It's it's about the guy, Robert Oppenheimer, and him designing this weapon of complete, total, 100% mass annihilation. And them, governmental agencies all around the world, trying to decide what to do with this or what to do about this or how we're going to mitigate this so that Everybody doesn't go through every day of their life worried that today was going to be the big drop the bomb day. Mm-hmm. The big boom. And like when I was a kid, this was a very real thing, you know? I mean, not so much that, but, you know, we we're like, I'm a Cold War kid. And there was a lot of talk that, um, you know, anytime we may be at war with the Russians. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the big one, Oppenheimer's deadly little toy, as Sting said, could come into play there. But mm. there's the the things that the guy went through to get this done. Actually, he he really just kind of happened onto it because he was way more brilliant than anybody else, a far more um, broad thinking scientist than anybody else. He was able to conceptualize this, and not only could he conceptualize it, he could to the point to where he made it real. He made it a reality. And it shook up the world. Now, this is a movie where it, there's there are a lot of people talking in this thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's not uh, real action. Like I said, there's not real action, no car chases, anything like that. And if you can't dig that, then this is definitely not for you. But the story is, if you don't know anything about it, the story is really, really riveting and really, really interesting. And it took three hours, and not once did I fidget. Really? Yeah. And I'm a fidgeter. <clears throat> you didn't even go potty? Yeah. Um, I think I did once. Okay. Number one or number two? One. Okay. <laughs> If you must know that, and I can't imagine why you must. I was just trying to get a feel for how much you missed. Um, probably just a minute or two. Okay. But I was I was briefed okay. on what happened in that minute or two. We don't talk Were you tired after you watched it? Like, was your brain going the whole time, kind of trying to keep up and follow along and listen yeah, to every it, single it, word? It's, it's a little bit exhausting. Yeah. I mean, it, it requires commitment from you, the viewer, mm-hmm. if you're going to get all everything out of it that there is to get. Mm-hmm. So if you can stand all that and you're interested in this and you uh, can dig the no before you go that we just laid out there, mm-hmm. then... Go see it. You'll probably enjoy the hell out of it. It's really, really good. Yeah. And there's some very well-known actors in this thing playing military types like Matt Damon. Okay. Who I don't think we think of him in that fashion in general, but there he is playing an officer who is in on all the discussions and in on all the decision-making and all that stuff. Yeah, that movie and the story uh, of it all makes me really glad to be of slightly below average intelligence. 
because I could not imagine being the person who, while the world is at war, first of all, I couldn't imagine living through that scenario in and of itself, just that the whole world is at war. Um, I couldn't imagine what that does to you as a person internally when the thing that you're creating, you know what the end result could be. Yeah. And then it happens. I don't know. I mean... He was tormented by the mere possibility mm-hmm. of it happening. And yet created it. And yet created it. Because It, it I was, was almost as if he couldn't help himself. Once he started putting all this together, he just had to take it as far as he could and see where he wound up. And he wound up with a weapon of mass destruction, a weapon that was, that was extremely capable of blowing up the planet. Okay, I have just a couple of knowledge gaps. Um, one of them is history, along with TVs and film and pop culture, geography, mm-hmm. things of that nature. Um, was it like the moon landing? Like at that point when you're in that war, are there other countries developing the same or attempting to? Like, are you in a race or is it just that we were the ones who were like, hey, look, guys, there's something we can do to win this. Yeah. If there was a race, it wasn't much of one. Okay. Because... Oppenheimer was well out in front of everybody, and it seemed in that very, very extremely intelligentsia, high-minded science community, they all seemed to acknowledge that he was far more capable of developing this than any of the rest of them. And the vibe was like, okay, let's just back off here. Let him do his thing, and let's see where this winds up. I mean, it, it was not... It was not terribly confrontational or anything like that until the thing was developed. And then they were trying to decide, okay, what are we going to do with this? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We could end a war as soon as we like. Yeah. Or we could just blow up the whole planet. Yeah. Yeah. Because I imagine even like testing it or something like that was a a risky task. Now, a lot of this. Let's just see if this works. I'm I'm glad. (laughs) See if we're on the right path. I'm glad you brought that up. Because a lot of this took place in Los Alamos, New mm-hmm. Mexico. And if you've ever heard of Los Alamos in connection with anything like this and wondered just what the whole deal there is, because Los Alamos is a tiny, tiny town in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico. And if you've ever heard of it in connection with this, well, that's why. Because this is where they tested it. This and Japan, where they actually set one off. You have to say that wasn't a test. No, think. no, that, 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 one. that was not exactly a test, but that, there was a lot of mass destruction and that set off everybody. Hmm. That made people really uptight about the whole thing. Yeah. And this was all very, very top secret, too. Mm-hmm. That was easily done back then. That movie sounds very anxiety-inducing for me, and uh, and it's three hours. Yeah, so. it's, it's not for everybody. So I'm going to see Ninja Turtles at some mm-hmm. point this week, and I'll report back. Yeah, so, of course, this came out the same day as Barbie. Yes, it did. And um, everybody was freaking out about the whole... Barbenheimer situation yeah. where you could go see both movies and so people ended up sort of comparing them and you know it's been a comparison how much each movie has made so now that you've seen both how do you rank them god man they're such different animals mm-hmm. 
Doesn't matter. I, I, I don't know if I can, but no, if I, you have to. Dumplings. Okay. All dumplings. Right. Okay. <laughs> Out of five dumplings, how many was Barbie? I'd say. I'd say b- both of them were five. Wow. Oh, f- perfect dumpling. Both were five, but I like Oppenheimer better. Oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, I like okay. Barbie too, though. You don't have to whisper it. No, the he does. The fact that you gave Barbie five no, no, dumplings, I, I, I think, is awesome. I, I knew Jeff wasn't going to like that. Well, I just don't like it. So I thought I'd sneak it in. <laughs> you condone nuclear attacks more than you do women, and that's messed up, Mike. Yeah, I messed up, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. How do you... I think that's you, what he uh, means. The more you get to know me, the he more you'll get to know that. that. All right, Julie, what was better, Barbie or Kids Bop? Ooh. <laughs> Uh, Barbie. Oh, no. Barbie was better than Kids Bop. Oh, no. But my kids loved Kids Bop, and that's what matters. But you... We loved the kids... They loved the Kids Bop concert. Did they have liquor? There was there was liquor. We okay. imbibed. Okay. Oh, there had to be, didn't there? Oh, yeah. At there, that? At that. And it was really hot, and it was a sold-out venue, Toyota Music Factory. Tons of people went to see Kids Bop. Tons of kids running around. It was insane, but it was fun. When was this? Was this last Saturday weekend? Night. Oh, road Saturday night? Saturday night. Yeah, that's why I couldn't go to the Barley House for Pepper Theft. Uh-huh. I was a kid's bop. Mm. Mom's got to do what a mom's got to do, you know? Mm, yeah. You didn't miss anything. That's not true. I heard everyone talking about it. I did, too. It was fun. People have been telling tales of that show. Really? That's, that's yes. right. Nice. Yes, yeah. I have. Many dumplings. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, well. Quite good, Shoopy. Thank you, Shoopy. We're in this thing, by God. Welcome we to the Speakeasy. And yeah. coming up next, we'll swing by Julie's sports desk. Julie, what do you have for us? Um, I don't know if I can be a Rangers fan anymore. Oh, that sucks. Uh, before we get to whether you can be a Rangers fan or not, 